Hello everyone, I am Lily May, creator of the Glambitious brand, and I am excited to bring you another episode of the Glambitious podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, please visit our website, theglamceo.com, to check out all of the many resources, programs, and opportunities that we've created to help you grow spiritually and financially. Some of those opportunities include speaking at our virtual events, writing in our co-author compilation ebooks, as as well as a digital product program that allows you to resell our products on your platform and keep all of the profit. Please also tap into our platform via social media. On YouTube, you can search Glambitious Network to subscribe. On Facebook and Instagram, you can find us at Glambitious IAM. And then we also have the Glambitious Club on Clubhouse. Without further ado, I want to allow Miss Shani, our guest for today, to just introduce herself and tell you a little bit about her business. Hi, Lily Mae. Thank you so much for having me. I am a fan of all things Glambitious, and I've been so looking forward to this time with you today. I am Shawnee Godwin. I am a CEO, uh, owner of a few businesses, but my main firm is Communicate USA. We are a marketing firm based in the Atlanta area. We work with all kinds of major brands like Chick-fil-A, Party City, Cox Communications, the Federal Reserve. And then we also work one-on-one with women entrepreneurs who want to grow and scale their businesses to six, seven, even eight figures using the energy of who God created them to be as the currency, which we call uh, the Joy Economics brand and the currency of joy. So I'm super excited to dive into this with you today. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your journey into scaling your business to six figures. I'm sorry, seven figures. You know, tell us a little bit about that and, you know, what the stress was like during that process. Sure, absolutely. So I think as business owners, one of the things, um, especially when we look at women of color in particular, and and then I'll kind of globally assign this uh, dilemma to women business owners, when we look at entrepreneurship, I don't think a lot of us start out with a full intention of what is possible. We're so excited and a lot of times scared to just get started. We can minimize what is possible um, if we allow it to be so. So for me, the journey started almost 19 years ago. This October will be 19 years. I was young, eager, um, an excited uh, 27-year-old. I was married at the time. And so communicate for me was really a lifestyle business. Um, I love to write and I wanted to be able to create amazing content for small and medium-sized businesses because I had this corporate structured advertising um, background and corporate marketing communications background. And I'd gone to school at Hampton University for advertising and communications and I got my MBA. And I was just you know, excited and young and eager and was like, I can do this. I can do this for myself. And I had a supportive partner at the time who really encouraged me to take a leap. And so for me, I never, ever Lily May envisioned seven figures, eight figures, anything beyond $240,000. That was the magic number in my head. And I laughed because I got to that calculation very haphazardly. I was like, okay, we pay our agencies at, at Bell South and Incorporate $125 an hour, multiply that out by 40 hours a week, you know, 52 weeks in a year. That's $240,000. I'm out of here. <laughs> and I started the company. 
what I didn't account for is just the the grind, right? The all the things you have to do when you're the business owner. And so for us, scaling and growing wasn't intentional until I realized that we had we really onto something unique and different. Again, I started the business because I had a lifestyle need. I wanted to be able to do great, great work and not abandon my career for the sake of family, but I definitely wanted a family. I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to have a happy marriage and I needed a way to be able to be all parts of Shawnee. Unfortunately, um, the marriage did not last and um, a series of events, I call them the three Ds, depression uh, led ultimately to a divorce. And then right behind that, my dad passed away unexpectedly. I found myself about five years into the business with all of these life experiences sitting squarely in my lap and still needed to produce income for myself and grow the business. And so when my husband left the marriage, we were right around $159,000. I do remember that specifically. And a lot of my energy at that time with those losses to contend with, I poured myself into my work because that is what made me happy. I loved writing. I loved helping people. I loved helping build and create brands and programs for my corporate clients and eventually the small businesses. And so even though it wasn't intentional, we started to um, get traction. We got certified as a woman-owned business. We got certified as a minority-owned business. That led us to do all kinds of business development programs. We got selected to go to Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth and um, Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses. And these programs and opportunities really started teaching me more about business and how to really grow structure and scale it so that you can get over that hump. And when we got there, the most amazing thing happened. You know, we put these numbers out like six figures, seven figures, eight figures. What I really realized was that the joy should have been in the process and was in the process and the climb along the way. When I got to um, that point, it was very fast. It was very quick. We went from four 1099s at the end of 2004 14 rather, to 14 W-2 employees in four months. Uh, I do not recommend it. It was super stressful, super painful. We live to tell the story, Um, but now I'm excited because we get to teach other women-owned businesses how to do it in a way that is supportive of who they want to be in and outside of work without stressing themselves out along the way. Right. So, you know, you kind of went into my next question was, which was, you know, uh, the importance of people kind of turning that thing around in their business from having that stressful company into using the currency of joy. So can you elaborate a little bit more on the currency of joy? Yeah, absolutely. So um, again, I I ended up doing the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses program, and it was designed to create more growth on top of the growth that I couldn't manage. So here I am, just scaling over the million dollar mark. Philosophically, it was super intimidating for me because again, I had never thought that big or far. And so I really see philosophically, I was having a hard time even embracing the idea of a seven figure business. And so here I was trying to grow and scale even more. And I just woke up tired, stressed out, 14 hour back-to-back days in the middle of this program And Lily Mae, I woke up literally in tears at 3 a.m. And I just was like, you know, God, this is not what I thought it would be. The world tells me that I will be there. I will be successful. I will be 
you know, all of these things when I secure the bag. And if you could see me, you'll see I'm doing my little air quotes. I've got the bag and I don't know if I want this bag because this is stressful. And all I can see is that I'm creating more and more stress and will create more and more stress. So what do I need to do here? And what really was imparted on my spirit at 3 a.m. that morning was you started chasing the wrong things. You know, if I wound the tape all the way back to the beginning, the thing that made me happy was writing. The thing that made me happy, I had drifted away from because to run a seven-figure business requires a different type of muscle, right? It's running a business. It's not doing all of the work. And so I, in that moment, realized that joy needed to be the currency that I paid myself with. And um, I came up with the platform Joy Economics, which became the impetus for our coaching program. And we trademarked it. And that is where the Joy Economics program was birthed. And that was also when I started paying myself with the currency of joy. And so now I always align myself in the business with the things that bring me the highest level of personal satisfaction. And I allow my team that same grace. And when we're all working at our optimal joy capacity, then the business grows and scales without all of the stress and discontentment. Yes, I just absolutely love that concept, the currency of joy. So can you share a bit, you know, of how the currency of joy can help um, entrepreneurs connect with more customers and grow their business? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's funny because not only did I come up with the idea, but I had to like anything you can do in business, you got to have receipts for, right? So I set on a path to prove in the hypothesis And what I realized in doing my research was that, and this is pre-pandemic, so it's a pretty important stat, that stress, stress, Lily Mae, was costing U.S. companies $360 billion a year in productivity losses. And this was before the pandemic. So you can imagine what those numbers would be like today. And what I also started to look into was just the, the toll that mental health emotional wellness plays and how it ties to your bottom line. So if you consider, you know, the average person instead of working 35, 40 hours a week is probably as an entrepreneur working 50 or 60 hours a week, not taking breaks, not resting, not sleeping, working on vacation. Um, What I learned is that if you actually open up space for play, space to live, work and play, then you actually do your business Um, more of a service and you're able to scale off of the positive energy um, and the focus that people bring back. So for every dollar that we invest in our emotional wellness at work, it returns back for each employee a dollar and 50 cent to the bottom line. Wow, that is phenomenal. And, you know, I definitely know as a person who, who, you know, I've been a full-time entrepreneur for almost 13 years, definitely over 10. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And I've connected with so many women entrepreneurs and I do know that there is a, you know, generally speaking, a high level of stress or anxiety, you know, um, stress related emotions that women feel when they're running a business and they also have kids and they also have a husband and they also have family obligations. You know, there's so much that requires our attention as women business owners um, that I think, you know, understanding this currency of joy is extremely important. And like you said, after 2020, I think, you know, that has probably even more like I was, 
I had a mental health um uh, clubhouse room today. We, we discussed mental health and faith. And, you know, um, I was like, you know, it feels like we probably all have a little PTSD from 2020 because it was a lot. So I love what you've created here for women to, you know, get back to their center so that they can be successful, but also, you know, in a happy place as well. So what do you think are generally speaking, you know, some of the things that tend to cause most business owners stress or the most stress? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to tap in a little bit more to the women's side of the house, if you'll allow me, um, because I think the the things that plague women business owners are a little bit different um, in some ways than what plague men who are business owners. And I think you hit the nail on the head a few moments ago when you talked about these different parts of ourselves that we have to honor and respect. So we can't just be great leaders and great CEOs. We also have to be great wives and great partners and great moms. And the pressures that society puts on us, really that pull and tug to be all things to all people really wears women down. And so what I notice is um, on top of all of those stressors, we as women bring mindset issues, as I like to call them, to um, the equation. And I don't see men do that as much. and what I mean by that is we are we constantly should on ourselves like I should be this. I should be that. And we don't allow ourselves to just be honest and self-aware with who we are as women first and what we need to bring our best selves. So we scatter ourselves kind of across all of these different parts of our lives that need us. And in reality, no, no part or entity gets the best piece of us. So. Uh, I like to kind of work with women entrepreneurs to kind of un, un, untap and unclog those areas where our mind and our philosophies about who we should, quote unquote, be what we should be doing. Um, I learned a long time ago in therapy that whenever we should on ourselves, we're really shaming ourselves. And I, I want to free women up to be able to be their biggest, boldest, unapologetic selves in the business place. And sometimes that looks like being more balanced. And so um, I think it matters because only 2% of women will ever scale the million dollar mark. And that's a huge, powerful pill to swallow. And if you look at women of color, the average woman of color, that percentage is just a, a minuscule number. And with the average woman of color generating only about $25,000 in revenue. So when we kind of lift beneath the stats and start to look at, well, why are men able to get over that hump more easily? I think it um, has a lot to do with our mindset and these, these social pressures that we bring to our businesses because of um, our gender and how society sees us and what they expect from us. That is so true. I love the the part that you said that anytime that we should ourselves on something that we're really shaming ourselves and, you know, women, we can be so tough on ourselves. And I think that it's so important, you know, on this, this, uh, 
I guess, journey as an entrepreneur, you know, on this visionary journey that we're all on, that we give ourselves grace and that we tap in with people like yourself who can kind of help us, you know, uh, manage it all and to really turn things around so that we're operating from a more heart centered place in our business and not from like this supply, demand, hectic, stressful, burnt out place. Yes. What would be like three actionable tips that you would give women, you know, on how to grow their business without stress? Sure. So I think the first thing to recognize is that stress is, is there, right? I don't think we can live in a completely stress-free world. So the starting point not is not to eliminate the stress, but to identify what stresses us and then to put um, tools, boundaries, mechanisms in place so that we can better manage it. And so I'm laughing because I'm two days back off of a 10-day completely off-the-grid, unplugged vacation in St. Croix. And I was laughing because late last week when I was on vacation, I was like, oh, man, I feel so great. You know, like and I realized, well, you feel great because you're not interacting with anyone but your cousin. And there's no stress right now because you're not dealing with work or anybody. And of course, if I go back into work, stress is going to be there. So what are the three things I'd recommend? I am a big proponent of boundaries. And so when I was on vacation, I got a couple of text messages about a couple of um, interviews like this one and appearances that I had lined up for this week. And my polite response was, thank you. I'm out of the office right now on a vacation. I'll reply to you when I get back on Monday. And as women, people, we will set boundaries sometimes because this happens to me all the time. And then people will try to still override your boundary. Right. So that looks like, hey, I know, but we're really working on this. We really need it from you. Can you log in? And and the answer is, yeah, no, (laughs) like, no, at at any given point, I have to always ask myself. And this brings me to my second piece of advice. What is my highest priority in this moment? So when I ask myself that question, really made the answer changes constantly, right? If I'm on vacation, then rest is my highest priority in that moment. So the work has to take a back seat. And I'm doing that so that when I come back to work, I will be full and be able to give it my best, not an empty version of myself. At other times, business is the highest priority. If I'm here with you in this interview, you right now are my highest priority. And so um, realizing that you get the ability to establish and set your priorities based on what you need in that present moment would be my number two behind setting boundaries. And I think the third one is going to be realizing this is a hard one. So I'm going to give you guys a heads up. You're going to need to take some little hard medicine on this one. Uh, realizing that multitasking is a myth. It's a myth. And we as women, um, have trained ourselves to believe that productivity means doing lots of things all at one time. And if you look at neuro-linguistics and get into meditation and mindfulness, which I've had the great pleasure of getting heavily into during the pandemic, you will see that the mind really cannot multitask. We can really only give something our best attention when we're focused on it. So when we're multitasking, all you're doing is quickly shifting your focus. And that's how mistakes are made. That's how burnout happens. When you start burning yourself out, we all have different ways to cope with stress, whether it's eating, um, drinking, you know, caffeine, whatever it is. Those are the things that then start to hit us physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. And, And those things combined create a not so happy CEO. 
Absolutely. And, you know, um, in one of the devotionals we host on Clubhouse, one of the entrepreneurs is a moderator. She's been, you know, openly discussing how she's been using food, you know, like comfort eating because there's so many different things she's working on in her business. So you're absolutely right. Like when those things or stressors go unchecked and unmanaged and we're not incorporating proper boundaries and so forth, then we will resort to unhealthy coping mechanisms like eating or eating. Even being on social media for extended time, I feel like that can be, you know, a distraction and coping mechanism, you know, because you're like, yeah, well, it is because you start to then doubt yourself. Like you start to doubt that thing that God has shown you and that vision he's giving you because you start looking at and comparing to what other people are doing. And are they ahead of me? Are they behind of me? Why isn't it me? And, you know, there's a quote, one of the, I always mess this up. So forgive me. I think it's, Eisenhower possibly, but don't ever put me on a trivia show (laughs) who said it, but it's that comparison is the thief of joy, right? So I'm like the chief joy officer comparing and you're right. Social media is like the devil's playground for comparison. Um, It'll trip you up every time. Truly, indeed, it definitely can be something I think that throws us all off balance, which is why I always encourage people to be more cognizant about their social media time. Because for me, I would say, oh, well, you know, I run my business on social media to some degree. That's how clients find out about me. So I would use that as kind of an excuse for getting on social media, like, oh, I need to make a marketing post, right? But then I end up scrolling and scrolling, and now I'm looking at someone's vacation pictures. Right. You're right. It is basically the enemy's playground and we have to be very vigilant of our time. And like you said, our focus to make sure that, you know, we're not allowing too much to permeate our minds, you know, our spirit, our eye gates, our ear gates, like really putting boundaries around all of that so that we can, you know, be most effective in our business and that we can manage, you know, the stress. And so as look, our joy officer <laughs> what would you say are a few things that business owners can do to find more joy in their business? Yeah. So the question is, what can they do to find more joy in their business? Yes. Yeah. So I love this topic. So I propose something that we call in our company joy centers. So just like, like my goal for every woman owned business and every business owner is to figure out what and how has God uniquely made you? What are your unique talents and gifts And that is really the best place to put yourself in your business. And that was what tripped me up when I got to that seven figure mark, Lily Mae, because I was like, well, I'm the CEO. I have to do all this HR stuff and legal stuff and accounting stuff. And well, who said I had to do that? Like if it's my company, I can put myself anywhere I need to be. And the reality is I better serve my company If I am out front as the spokesperson, if I am doing things like talking to Lily Mae today, um, if I am being an ambassador for the brand, if I'm creating and building relationships and working on the creative side of the business. And that makes sense, right? Because I'm a writer and that's what got me into this industry in the first place. So what that means then, if I'm not going to do the other parts of the business that require attention, operations, HR, legal I need to not just find people who have the competency to do those roles, but I need to find the people who were made and who God created to do those things. So my operations manager, I'm going to shout her out, Ms. Rhonda right now. I knew she was the one because when we interviewed, she was like, oh my God, I just love spreadsheets. 
And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Like, okay. <laughs> but like, if you could have seen the way she said it, I was like, this is my person because I, this is not where I want to be. When I tell you she's a phenomenal asset to our team because that work makes her happy. And so when you can find the center, the heart of the person and align it with the work that needs to be done, everyone's going to work faster, more efficiently. They're going to get it done in a better, happier way. And, you know, that joy, not only it's infectious, right? Like if you're working with happy people, you feel happier. You want to go to work. If those people are happy, they're serving clients with a smile. Clients are happier. Happier clients bring more business to you. You make your revenue goals and you're all now growing and scaling on everyone's highest level of functioning and not our lowest level. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing I always encourage entrepreneurs is to find a team because sometimes, especially in the beginning stages of entrepreneurship, you want to control everything and you want to be in charge of everything so that, you know, 100 percent is going to get done in the way that you want to do it. And there's no way that you can scale a business to six figures or a million dollars if you're doing everything in your business. There's no way that you can have joy in your business if you're doing everything. And so I'm so glad that you touched on the the importance of, you know, finding a teammate, if not just a whole team, at least one person that you can add to your team to do things that they're an expert at so that you can have more joy because you get to take your hands off of it and they can operate in their purpose that they were created to operate in. So I agree with you um, 100% on that importance. So tell everyone, you know, how they can connect with you or be involved in the coaching program. Absolutely. So um, we, you can follow me on Instagram at I am Shawnee Godwin. And uh, for your listeners, I would love it if uh, they would join our tribe. They can go to ShawneeGodwin.com and that's S-H- A-N-I-G-O-D, like God, W-I-N, like when, dot com. Um, There we uh, have a free masterclass that I'd love to give uh, anyone who would like uh, to receive it on how to, um, it's it's a SOS presentation for small businesses on how to grow and scale uh, using uh, low and no cost things right at your fingertips. And so those are the best ways to reach out to me. Um, Any questions anyone has, I am always open for questions. I love pouring into women entrepreneurs. Our coaching program is a six month coaching program. And uh, when you sign up for our list, you'll get more information about that, free webinars, other free master classes, and just all the resources that we have out here for women owned businesses. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, you know, creating uh, this platform that you have, because I definitely think it's so important that women be reminded that they can have a successful business without the stress. And, you know, in the season that we're all in globally, like a, a transition season, I think it's even more important that the time that we spend in our business is a time of joy, that we're really, you know, operating from a heart centered place and, and in a great mood and, and a, a healthy the mental space so that we can really, you know, grow and scale our businesses and be among that percentage of women that are, you know, six figure, seven figure, eight figure business owners. So thank you so much, Shani, for creating what you have. I definitely think there's a a true need for it. Uh, Absolutely. My pleasure. I I know it's my purpose work in this world. And you kind of said the words right out of my work. I call it heart work. 
um, H-E-A-R-T work. Um, and I think good business ownership and leadership should be much more heart than hard. Um, there's a lot of hard parts, but when we can pour our heart into it and realize that business is there to create, it's a tool to create joy for a lifestyle that we want to have um, to access God's best blessings for us, then the game can really shift and you can allow yourself to show up day to day, satisfied, whole and happy. Yes, yes. So we are definitely uh, encouraging you ladies who are tuned in to please reach out to Shani and, you know, check out her offers, her programs so that you can have a successful summer with no stress. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, if you're unfamiliar with the Glambitious brand, please also visit theglamceo.com to learn more about our different offers for entrepreneurs, as well as follow us on all social media platforms at Glambitious. I am. And thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Glambitious Podcast.